It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Right now, we are watching one of the most historic elections in history because poll after poll shows that a majority or at least a plurality of Democrats would prefer someone other than Joe Biden to be the Democratic nominee. And several polls show that Republicans would prefer someone other than Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee. However, as it stands right now, If you look at the polls, Joe Biden is the overwhelming favorite to be the Democratic nominee, and Donald Trump is the overwhelming favorite to be the Republican nominee. How do we get into a situation like this, and where does that leave the American people who are just ready to gag over the prospect of a Biden versus Trump rematch? Well, there is a movement called the No Labels Movement, which is trying to provide an answer to that question. And this could be the most exciting thing in American politics these days. This could be a once in a generation, maybe once in a lifetime realignment of the American political system, or it could make the worst fears of the Democrats or the worst fears of the Republicans come true. Here to tell us a little bit about it is uh, the newest co-chair of the low, No Labels movement, former Republican governor of North Carolina, Governor Pat McCrory. Governor, Thanks so much for joining me on the program. Well, it's an honor to be on your show. Thanks for thanks for the opportunity. Uh, Governor, l- let me start with the basics before we get into the mechanics of how an alternative might work and what exactly No Labels is trying to do. As far as you're concerned, uh, what's the matter with uh, Joe Biden? Why shouldn't he be reelected? Well, it's not what I think is the matter with Joe Biden. It's what the people are saying. And the people right now are saying they don't want either Joe Biden or or Donald Trump to be president of the United States. What I've seen from polling and what we're hearing as we travel the state of North Carolina and throughout the country is this. You know, there are some people who obviously think Joe Biden's too old. They obviously think he went way too far to the left. There are other people who also a combination of things think he has done nothing with regard to inflation and the deficit and spending. And uh, many reasons. And then on the right, you have uh, Donald Trump, where a lot of people don't think he has the character of values that we should have to be president of the United States. A lot of the people are very upset that January 6th, where he didn't participate in a peaceful transition of power, which is very important to a lot of people in our country. And uh, also they thought there are some Republicans who thought he spent too much money and actually was not a fiscal conservative. So The reasons are various, but the fact of the matter is the people are saying that uh, I think it's almost two thirds of the people now are saying that we don't want either one on the ticket and we'd like to have another choice. Now, that is of today. The big question will be, will that be the case come March, say, after Super Tuesday of next year? And will those dynamics remain? And if they do remain, I think there's a very good chance that no labels will be on the ballot in every state and not only have uh, be on the ballot, but put uh, a president and vice president ticket on the ballot. And they're they're putting together petitions in all 50 states right now to get on the ballot 
in case that is the scenario after Super Tuesday. Before we get into the mechanics of how that would work and how the candidate selection process would work and what No Labels is trying to do, you're a Republican. You were elected in a purple state that uh, I think the Republicans are really counting on carrying in 2024 if they have any uh, chance of recapturing the White House. Are there other Republican candidates that you like this year? Uh, Obviously, Mike Pence is running. Chris Christie is running. Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, uh, several others. Are there others that you like? And uh, a lot. A lot of never Trump Republicans might suggest that your energies would be better uh, used in pushing one of those candidates rather than pursuing an independent alternative. What, what would you say to that? Well, from a personal standpoint there, I think the Republicans have a very deep field. It's just not a B team. I think there's an A team of candidates available uh, in the Republican Party for the nomination. I mean, I'm good friends with Mike Pence. Uh, Chris Christie and and name them. I, I, you know, as governor and as a mayor of uh, Charlotte for 14 years, I got to know a lot of these people. I think they have a very deep dench and very well-qualified people. But again, it's going to be what the people are saying. But based upon polls we're seeing, it's really, uh, it's really Trump and Biden that create an opportunity for potential third party ticket. If someone is elected other than Trump based upon surveys, there probably isn't open for a third party ticket to have an opportunity to win because there wouldn't be as many dissatisfied Republicans and independents on that side of the aisle. I think this is one of the very few radio shows that's left in the country that has a lot of Republican listeners, a lot of Democratic listeners, a lot of independent listeners, and a lot of listeners that may not view themselves as particularly political. And I talk to a lot of people uh, in my personal life and on the radio, and they are ready to gag at the prospect of a Biden versus Trump rematch. Not everybody, but many are. So if people are unfamiliar with no labels uh, and what they're doing, just explain it to folks very basically. What is No Labels doing right now? And I think we understand the why, the dissatisfaction with Biden and Trump. But what exactly is No Labels doing in terms of providing an opportunity for a possibility of an independent ticket? Well, first of all, No Labels has been around for 11 or 12 years as an organization. They helped form what they call the Problem Solvers Caucus in Washington, D.C., which, by the way, behind the scenes had a great deal of impact of making sure the government didn't sh- shut down during the debt ceiling and had a coalition of Republicans and Democrats that actually tried to work out a deal, a common sense deal to you know keep the nation from shutting down. And they've been doing that for 12 years behind the scenes. But regarding the presidential ticket, what we're doing now is we are setting up state by state opportunities to get on the ticket in case the scenario of Biden and Trump continues between now and Super Tuesday. So if the surveys show after March of 2024 that the people are not satisfied by such a large number with the with the ticket that the two parties are presenting, then we will uh, we will present a ticket and we'll have a convention in Dallas actually in June. Uh, to introduce the ticket uh, because we'll have the ballot. Now, if we don't get on the ballot, we're just blowing hot air. We won't have the leverage. Now, we all hope, by the way, and these are Republicans and Democrats. I'm working with Joe Lieberman, and and who would have imagined me working with um, Ben Chavis, who from North Carolina, uh, you know, Pat McCrory, conservative Republican, and Ben Chavis, 
African-American liberal Democrat working mm. together. Uh, at least that's the perception. That's the label that people have given us um, working together because we care for our country. And we know our country is divided. And right now our country is so divided, we're not doing anything. And doing nothing is a decision, like on the, on the immigration. I mean, most people in America want something done on immigration. They want a strong border, and they want to allow the dreamers to come in. But the party apparatus is not allowing that to happen. In fact, the, the parties, which I'm still a strong Republican, but I've played the game. I've been played by the game, and I'm here to tell you what the game's all about. <laughs> they become kind of arrogant. They're, they become arrogant in just assuming that the American people will concur with whoever they select. And I hope our activity might make the two parties go, wait a minute, gosh, there are not only a lot of people turning their back on us, there are a lot of people who will seek an alternative third party if we don't come to our senses. And I'm hoping uh, things change between now and, and March. But if they don't, I'm committing my name and my efforts as of to as of uh, to, today where I'm becoming an, a co-chair along with Joe Lieberman and others three others um, to to have an insurance policy uh, in case the American people are let down by the two parties now by the way in our history always shows 40 percent or so of the people are always mad that these are the people that we're electing you know they're just going can't we do better? But we've never seen numbers at 60% and above, never in our history. Even when Perot ran as a third party, if you think about, there wasn't really a lot of difference between Clinton and Bush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there really wasn't. And yet Pro, you know, he got to a height of almost 30%, and then he quit, and then he came back, and he had vice presidential concerns. And um, I mean, now we've got Biden and Trump. And no one is happy with it. They're all going, uh, you know, I'm a meet the press and a political analyst, too, and I have a radio show. But the people are going, you know, if, if these were the only two people who were nominated for the president of the downtown Rotary Club in Charlotte, <laughs> people would be going, can't we do better than this? <laughs> we're, talk, Pat- we're talking about president of the United States. Uh, we're talking with Governor Pat McCrory, the newest chairperson, uh, just uh, named a few hours ago, of the, mm-hmm. uh, the co-chairperson of the No Labels movement. Governor, I have worked in the third party and in independent political sphere my whole life, and I hate questions about the horse race and who gets uh, helped and who gets hurt sure. by certain independent candidacies. But these are the questions I always get and a lot of the questions that the audience is getting. Let me begin with Democratic fears. There's a lot of Democrats that cannot stand the prospect of Donald Trump getting elected again. And the movement, the the group Third Way, which is a left-leaning think tank, they've said that the no-labels candidate, whoever it is, will uh, essentially guarantee Donald Trump's going to be reelected. James Carville has said something similar. A lot of Democratic centrist members of Congress who've been aligned with no-labels, they've said, we want nothing to do with what no-labels is doing now because they're going to help Donald Trump. Talk to the Democrats in our audience and uh, assure, and explain to them why those fears may be unfounded. Are you going to elect Donald Trump? Well, first of all, from a poll standpoint, uh, we take about equally from both parties. And we bring a lot of new voters who would sit at home because they'd be so dissatisfied with either. But my other point politically is if, if James Carville thinks that, find a better candidate. 
It's, they're the problem. They need to look in the mirror. You know, if you were selling a product and no one was buying it, wouldn't you change the product as opposed uh, to convincing the customer to swallow it and pretend it tastes good? I mean, agreed. It's it's, I mean, it's, it's strong arming you know, them into they're, they're accepting mediocrity. The, the Lincoln Project and the third wave are saying we're spoilers. No, we won't be the spoilers. They will be the spoiler. <laughs> and this is on both sides of the aisle. I'm not. I'm a Republican, but I'm saying to the Republicans too. Don't turn to us if uh, you think we're going to be the spoiler. You will be the spoiler. And I've got Republicans who think we're going to put Biden in office. Well, let me ask Another- you about that. So I, I I voted for President Trump twice, and I really don't want to vote for him a third time. And if there were a third party alternative, uh, somebody that was sensible and someone that I thought offered great solutions, I would vote for that person in a heartbeat. And a lot of people are saying, OK, you see, the fact that Frank, a former Trump voter, is willing to entertain voting for a Joe Manchin or a no labels ticket, a, a unity ticket, that shows that this is going to cost Trump the presidency. It's just another Democratic plot to keep Trump from winning. Speak to the conservatives in our audience that may have that fear, Governor. Well, it's both both the same thing. All I have to do is look at the data. There's such a large amount of Republicans and independents who vote in Republican primaries and and general elections. You know, for example, North Carolina right now, do you know the registered votes in North Carolina, the largest registered vote now in North Carolina? It's not Republicans or Democrats. It's 36 percent independent. The people are turning their backs on us. And if they're turning their backs on us, who do we blame them, the customer? Or do we look in the mirror and go, maybe we're doing something wrong? If this were a company, we'd be bankrupt if you lost that many customers. (laughs) And we've got a lot of new people registering the vote, and they're not registering as Republican or Democrat. And North Carolina, for example, is the ninth most populous state in the nation. And the largest party registration is independent. And I think you're seeing that borne out in many other states as well. And nationally, especially younger people, they're not buying what the uh, major parties are selling. One and of the issues that you're going to remember in the primaries, we might have a Republican primary where the winner is 35, 40 percent of the vote. Well, then, yeah, no, what I, are the 65 to 70 percent people supposed to do? Um and the Democratic Party, I think we're going to be surprised. You know, I think we're going to be surprised by Kennedy taking much more of the vote. And I still, I still wouldn't be surprised if someone else gets in the race between now. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, well it's, same it's, here. So let's uh, let's say that happens. Let's say a Gavin Newsom or a Pete Buttigieg or anyone else ends up running as the Democratic nominee, and it's not mm-hmm. a Biden versus Trump rematch. Uh, from where you're standing, do you think no labels would move forward with actually running a ticket if the race was, say, uh, DeSantis and um, Pete Buttigieg? Most likely not if the polls show that we no longer have uh, 60% of the people dissatisfied. We don't have an exact number, but we have seen such a gap now. But most likely not. But we're going to look at the data and what the people have to say. We don't want to be a spoiler. We're not interested in being a spoiler. If we get in, we, we expect to win. And remember, winning, though, is winner take all in most states. Is, you know, Again, you can win with 35 40 45% of the vote with three candidates or with three major parties on the ticket, there'll be other minor parties too. You know, we have the green party and the libertarian party and others in many States. Uh, but 
Now, we're going to only do it if we see the vast majority of people being dissatisfied. Now, we haven't polled those yet, but I assume primarily we, we wouldn't get in the race if we saw the same scenario of a Clinton uh, Bush, for example, the Ross Perot what scenario. Is- one of the issues that a lot of third party and independent political movements have faced, with the exception of wealthy self-funders like a Perot, is financing. It's very difficult mm-hmm. to raise the amount of money necessary to even get on the ballot. Forget about competing well on right. equal footing with the major party candidates. That doesn't seem to be a problem with no labels so far. The, the, you guys are in the midst of a, a $70 million fundraising operation just for the ballot access portion of this, and uh, apparently you're doing pretty well in meeting that $70 million goal. And that leads to the question that I get asked most often when I say that I'm considering voting for a no labels candidate, which is where are they getting their money from? There are a lot of rumors online that say uh, Republican billionaires like Harlan Crow are doing this just to uh, guarantee Trump's election. And that does cause a lot of people to kind of look at the no labels movement with raised eyebrows, understanding you may not want to disclose where the donations are coming from. Can you give us an idea of who either in, in people or interests are funding the no labels movement at this point? Well, well, let me just say this. We have a grassroots effort. We also have business people and other people who have financial wealth, who, who feel strongly in our country that both Biden and Trump would be are inadequate to um, preside over our country for the next four years. And I'm reluctant to say who exactly is involved because those people would be attacked by their two parties because the two parties right now, in fact, the, the two parties are trying to stop us from getting on the ballot because they want to keep their monopoly or right. duopoly. And one way they do that is they threaten people. I know the game. I know this game extremely well. They will start attacking. How dare you even consider an, another product? And if you consider another product, you won't be in, you won't be a access to Washington again. You won't have access in the state capitals. It, it's kind of an implied threat. In fact, right now, we've we've had challenges in Maine and Arizona, primarily by the Democratic Party at this point in time. And it'll come when we announce ballot access in some Republican states. But right now, it's kind of interesting. The Democratic Party is trying to keep us from the ballot. You know, and Ben Chavis, Dr. Ben Chavis, the most you know, incredible civil rights activist and a, a man of tremendous common sense. Mm. He's become a close friend. And I. And I admire him so much. He served seven years in jail in North Carolina for a crime he didn't commit. And and here we are working. In fact, he was pardoned the day before I came into office by my predecessor. And you don't think a Ben Chavis would be doing this if he didn't love our country and be willing to Absolutely. take the, the, the shots from Democrats? He helped get Biden elected. And he's a Democrat. He's doing this for our country, and so am I. And I'm catching heat from the right. In fact, the North Carolina Republican Party conventions in Greensboro this week. I'm not there. Actually, I wasn't invited because Trump. Trump's not. A, uh, he's he doesn't like me. I didn't do this to Trump. Trump said that Pat McCroy doesn't represent our, my values, and he's probably right. But this is not. This is what the people are saying. And so, well, go, Governor, let me ask you uh, to start doing what the what the people want, and and the people want results. The people want problem solvers. The people want people working together 
They want our nation to survive and not turn to violence like we saw in Charlotte riots when I was governor in Por- or in Portland or in Seattle or in Washington, D.C. on mm-hmm. January 6th. The people don't want that. Governor, uh, you've been and very I'm a generous person, with your time. along with Ben Chavis, who say enough is enough. Let me just ask you a couple quick questions before we uh, let you go. I know it's uh, I know it's sure. late and you got a lot on your plate. You raised the issue of Republicans that may be unhappy with you. I know you were defeated for reelection. Some people attributed it to the bathroom bill. Some people said it yeah. was about uh, something having to do with uh, instituting tolls in the greater Charlotte area. And then you, you tried to run for U.S. Senate and you were defeated in a Republican primary. Uh, and I know, you know, you haven't necessarily had the the warmest relationship with the Republican state legislature in North Carolina. And a lot of folks are going to say, oh, this is McCrory's revenge. This is a way for McCrory to get back at Trumpism and a Trumpian Republican Party that has rejected him. What do you say to those questions about your motivation in pursuing this governor? I care for more more for our country than my party, even though I'm going to remain a Republican. I'm going to remain a voice in the Republican Party. Um, I care more about our, I, I'm actually mean country over or politics. And I also, as a governor and as a mayor and as a Senate candidate, I said things that need to be said. I'm a change agent, not a change agent for the sake of throwing something against the wall and seeing what stick. But if you look at my career, I did things that I think were best for our state and our country. I didn't actually pull them. And that includes some of the issues, you know, a, a toll lane I did. The gender issue I got involved in, cutting taxes, paying teachers, I got tired of being labeled. Um, And, you know, I think most people might be conservative on certain issues, moderate on others, and maybe would be considered liberal on others. I really think that's where most people are. And yet, as governor, I was labeled as a right wing extremist. And as a Senate candidate, I was considered a left wing rhino. Mm. Well, I'm really neither one. You tell me the issue and I'll tell you where I stand. And I think that's, that's the way. where most people are. Uh, same here. Uh, that's uh, that's the way that I uh, that I view myself. A lot of folks have said, well, if no labels is serious about shaking up the political system and offering alternatives, maybe the best spot to do that isn't necessarily the presidency. Maybe it's in key U.S. Senate and congressional races. Number of callers have raised that point. Is the no labels movement planning to run alternative candidates for any other office? No, not at this time, although. There are people we we are on the ballot. We could put other people on the ballot for, I guess, Krista Cinema. I guess, could go on the no labels ballot. But we're only interested in the presidential and not getting involved in any other things. Where we're getting involved is trying to solve problems in Washington, D.C., where we have a system of government or people in government who are in their corners in this divided government and refusing to work together because they're more worried about their next election, especially in their primaries, than they are for the country. And when I served as governor, I served not for the next, not for the next election, a, a, a election I lost by 10,000 votes out of 4.6 million. And I could have played the political game and not done certain things, but I was doing what I thought was best for the state. And I don't take any of it back. And what's ironic on certain issues like the toll lane, it's now accepted. No one's everyone's no complaints, hardly at all. And even on the issue that I got in controversy over was the gender issue. It's kind of ironic now 
um, the whole nation of uh, issue of boycotting states and so forth, which occurred to me seven years ago, isn't occurring anymore either. So, but what I want, even if I disagree with someone, we got to start having civil dialogue. Um, ben Chavis and I both remember well when Martin Luther King was killed in 68. I was 12. He was 21 working for Martin Luther King. And the violence that we saw after that assassination was something I don't want our country to go back to, to handle our, our disputes. So if someone disagrees with me on the gender issue or on toll lanes or on tax cuts or on other conservative things that I did, balancing the budget, uh, paying off $2 billion in debt, that's fine. Let's have civil, civil and respectful dialogue. And that's one question that we have to get back to, because I believe in the Constitution and that's I, I a the, piece of paper protecting us right now. Uh, amen. I, I raise the concerns Democrats and Republicans have. One question that a lot of independents have about the no labels movement is how do average ordinary people have a say in this? Are average ordinary folks going to have a say in picking the no labels ticket as they will by voting in the Republican and Democratic primaries? And if so, how? That's, that's a great question. We're developing a process now. We have a, a very much of a grassroots effort. In fact, we have Zoom calls every week across the nation. We're going to have organizations set up in every state. This is more of a bottom-up uh, organization than a top-down organization, but we'll have a process for nomination. We'll have a convention where people will vote on the ticket in Dallas, Texas on June if we decide to go that way. We haven't decided. We'll have a convention regardless. And then no labels will not be running the campaign. We will do the select and step to the side. No labels is not wanting to be a separate political um, party, party for the long Got term. It. We're only doing this this one time because well, this I, is I'll... a unique time in history where we've never seen anything like this. Uh, hopefully I'll see you out there in Texas uh, a year from now. Finally, Governor, look, I'm a New Yorker. That's my bias. And <laughs> that has left me ignorant of one of the most popular sports in the country, maybe the most popular, and that's NASCAR. I know you spearheaded the effort to bring the NASCAR Hall of Fame to Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, to educate me, Governor. To me, it just looks like a bunch of cars riding around. What is so great about NASCAR that I am missing? Oh, man. Uh, first of all, the people driving the cars are real athletes. Just feel their forearms. It's all muscle to turn that wheel <laughs> for five, six hours at the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte. But these these people are athletes and and people who love the um, the engines, the smell, the the competition, uh, the whole engineering aspect of racing the aerodynamics of racing it, it's it's just a great sport and uh you know it was born here in north carolina the first stock car race was actually in charlotte and uh of course daytona was very famous on the beach there and we're honored to be the home of the nascar hall of fame right here in downtown charlotte yeah i was a part of that when i was mayor and uh you know some real legends richard petty i consider a very good friend he's a legend he is an absolute legend. And, of course, the late Dale Earnhardt, um, you know, he, he, he revolutionized the sport and made it made it 
national and worldwide. So most of the NASCAR drivers live in and around this area. And uh, it's good to see the sport growing again after coming out of the recession. And, sure, I can imagine. And, uh, and the lockdowns, it's just absolutely. Great. Jeff Gordon right, uh, and many, many uh, others. So, <laughs> Governor Pat McCrory, former Republican governor of North Carolina, the coach. By the way, real person. quick, what's your sport? Uh, I'm a baseball guy, baseball and football. Well, what's that all about? They hit a little ball, <laughs> run to little bases. I mean, every sport has something. But, no, it's a great this sport. And uh, good luck to the Yankees and Mets this year. Uh, thank you. Uh, as a Mets fan, we need all the help we could get and all the luck. Uh, check out <laughs> well, the No Labels movement at nolabels.org. Governor Pat McCrory, I hope we could talk again. Thank you. God bless. Take care. Th- Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're certainly welcome to do so. 800-848-9222. Would you ever consider voting for a no labels candidate? Who would you like to see run on that no labels ticket? For instance, I I would uh, think someone like a Tulsi Gabbard or uh, even someone like an Angus King, even maybe, who knows, a Bobby Kennedy might be very formidable as a no labels candidate. Who knows? 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. Other Side of Midnight.